Good morning, and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and on the behalf of the team and I, I'd love to say welcome to this uh, June 13th drive-in service. Right, look at this gorgeous day we got cooked up for us. Erlinda, I'm glad you're here. All the cars, I'm glad you're here. People at home listening on the podcast, I'm glad you're listening. Continue to tell your friends, your ma, your, your pa, your love, ooh-ah, ooh-ah. That's a quote from Bob Dylan. Um, I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is next week's Father's Day. So if anyone knows of a father, be ready. Uh, after this service, we have a brief congregational meeting. And I mean brief. It's going to be like five seconds. So we're going to probably roll straight into it. Um, in a couple weekends, on June 26th, there's a Boy Scouts 60th anniversary party. The Boy Scouts are a celebration. And the media is going to be here. Uh, it's kind of a big deal because the Boy Scouts have been meeting at this place for we 60 years. Yeah. And we've been around 70, right? This is, we've been that first year then. 60th anniversary right there. I got to have a part in it and stuff like that. There's a, a correction that needs to be made. I think it's in Covenant Call or just our announcements. I don't know where it is. But I just talked to Ellen, and she's the Boy Scout rep uh, woman, Ellen Buchanan. And she said, somewhere you guys have printed, it starts at 8 in the morning and goes till 5 at night. And you can do that if you want to help set up. Uh, so if you show up here on Saturday the 26th at 8 a.m., you'll be handed a tablecloth, and you'll be put to work. Uh, the event goes from 11 to 2, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And make sure you RSVP, because there's going to be... it's a there's going to be burgers and dogs and that kind of jazz. Um, and you just RSVP by emailing troop339 at hotmail.com. Once again, that's troop339 at hotmail.com. And say, I got four people in my family that want to go and get some free food and hang out for the, 20, the 60th anniversary of the Boy Scouts meeting at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. That's a long sentence. And then uh, also this Tuesday, the jam. I'll be down here in the choir room uh, jamming. Just got my instrument. Troy heads that up. And the way that works is we start off playing a couple familiar tunes like Gloria by Van Morrison or Knocking on Heaven's Door by Dylan. And then we break off and just start jamming with one another. And uh, Dusty, you going to be around on Tuesday? I don't know where Dusty is. He went rollerblading, I think, real quick. Uh, and, and then in, in two weeks, we got two more of these. That's nuts. Like two more of these, and then we're going back in the sanctuary for a 4th of July celebration. Like, uh, it, right? Round of applause. I guess like, you can... I'm snapping into my microphone. Um, could not be more excited. Uh, and uh, somebody else told me something I was supposed to announce. Oh, there's another 16 or 17 more. Just playing. I, got, I think I got one more. We got a... Uh, buildings and Grounds Committee meeting in the, the fireside room. And uh, it's a big meeting. That's what I was told. So make sure you're there if you are signed up to go there. All right. Let's seal ourselves and quiet ourselves. Are you going to say some stuff about the hymn? No? Okay, good. Not good, but I love you, buddy. That's going to, I'm going to quiet myself and then I'm going to read from Psalm 20, verse 7. And this is from the Passion Translation. It says this. 
Some find their strength in their weapons and wisdom. But my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in Yahweh our God, who makes us strong and gives us victory. Stand if you're able and join me in singing the hymn, All People That on Earth Do Dwell, which is found in your order of worship on the back. So I'm here for the, uh, to talk to the kids. We got kids and, and youth. Um, you all know my son Simon, right? Yeah. Who who really likes Simon? It, that's cool. Hey, thanks. Uh, who who wants to row boats or sail boats or you know build rockets just because Simon does? Anybody inspired by him? Want to be like yeah? Want to be like Simon? Uh, you know, Simon is a big brother, and he's the oldest of his cousins, and even among the second cousins and the third cousins in the family. Some of them live in diff different countries, but Simon's the oldest of his generation, and um, there's a lot of kids that, that look up to him, and uh, some want to be like him, and uh, some behave better just because he does. <laughs> so that's good. Um, but he uh, he's taught by, uh, he's taught Sunday school and Bible school, like vacation Bible school, and he's been a camp counselor. And uh, he went to Ukraine and taught English and VBS there. And uh, he's just had a lot of history of uh, kind of being the big brother type. And uh, 
So Jason and I have been studying Romans with the uh, daytimers, and uh, that's been really good. And I was uh, something really kind of stuck out a few weeks ago. Um, we think about Jesus as being a our Savior, and uh, you know our Lord up in the sky. But uh, this verse I, I printed out just w- one verse because there's so much good stuff in Romans eight that I would go on and probably talk for four hours. So I won't do that. But um, and I, I bet a lot, some of you already memorized uh, Romans eight twenty eight. But uh, I'm going to give you twenty nine. It says, "For those whom he knew all along, he all, this is God." You know, for, for those whom God knew all along, he also chose to be conformed to the image of his son so that Jesus Christ would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And that really uh, stood out to me. I, you know, I've thought about Jesus as being Lord and King, but uh, this is telling me that he's also like a big brother and he can be that for you. You know, sometimes... Uh, when you've done something, you really, you really blew it. A big brother can be somebody who can go and talk to your parents for you or with you. And Jesus is totally there. Just He's there for that and for all kinds of things. But this also talks about you can, uh, uh, God wants to conform you to the image of Jesus. And Jesus is a big brother. He's a role model for you. Um, I mean, if you look at like, if, I don't know if you guys remember J.D., Zeke's cousin. He's conforming to the image of Zeke already. He's got the same haircut. <laughs> you know, and, uh, um, you know, uh, Simon's not perfect, um, and he's not a savior. He doesn't need to be because we've got Jesus. But uh, I think the thing I'm most proud of is that Simon uh, is growing closer and closer into the image of Christ and his, uh, his behavior and his love for you guys. By the way, he just really loves hanging out with all of you. It's a highlight of his week, a lot of time to play on the grass with the little kids and whatnot. And uh, um, when you think of Jesus, don't just think of him as uh, in the sky or not here, but uh, he really wants to be. God set him up to be your big brother too. Anyway, that's it. The rest of Romans is really good, too. You should check it out. And if you get to know Jesus, the more you know him, the more you'll love him, the more you'll be like him. And I'm going to pray now so we can go. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the sacrifice of your son. And we also thank you for uh, making him to be the, uh, the ultimate role model for us. Help us to know him more and to grow to be more like him. Thank you for all of these children. And uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. With that thought in mind, let us go into our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. 
We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have refused to hear the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's quite a list. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. good when there's nothing good in me you are love you are love on display for all to see you are light you are light when the darkness closes in you are hope you are hope you have covered all my sin you are peace you are peace when my fear is crippling, you are true, you are true, even in my wondering, you are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing, you are life, you are life, in you death has lost its sting. Oh, I'm running to
song we could ever sing. in that song we starting a new series and i honestly picked the book because we almost named our daughter ezra uh malia really wanted to name elsie ezra and i told her no because the bible says no because ezra's a guy in the bible but that wasn't a very strong argument and then it found out i wanted to name her eden and then we found a there's a street up in uh, la habra called Zeke and Elsie Street. 
and we had we were like, okay, that's kind of a, a no-brainer. We should name name her Elsie. And then I found out my grandmother's sister's name was Elsie, and so was Malia's. So it's a family name too. All right, bada bing, bada boom. But then I'm picking this out, and then I start studying it, and it's absolutely perfect for where we are as a congregation. God has it's 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 an, it's it's Holy Spirit stuff, right? Remember in Pentecost I talked about. Remember I yelled at you a couple weeks ago. That was Pentecost, and we're still in the season of Pentecost, isn't that right? Bam! I was I got my my backup phone a friend Sharon. We're still in we're we're still in Pentecost, and as I was looking at that, I was thinking Holy Spirit. Remember I, I said in the middle of that message. It's no secret to becoming more spiritual. Just mention the spirit more, right? It's not rocket science. If I start saying, hey, Holy Spirit's here, I'm a spiritual person, right? Same with you. I, I kind of want some interaction now that we're, you know, like we, I got some, I can see some faces now. This is awesome. Anyway, um, in our, remember, it blew my mind, N.T. Wright asked the question, why, if, if the atonement for our sins is the exclusive reason that Jesus lived, was crucified, buried, and rose again, if it's primarily for atonement from our sins, our individual relationship with our Heavenly Father, why didn't he do all of that on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, why did it happen on Exodus? Does anybody remember me asking this question on Easter Sunday morning? And it, it was N.T. Wright introducing me to a truth that I had pretty much missed most of my following of Jesus' life. And it's because as kingdom people, as kingdom of God people, as Jesus' servants, you know, Jesus being our king, no one else being our king, right? He's our Lord. We're in the kingdom of God right now. That's how you enter the kingdom of God. You make Jesus your king, you're in the kingdom. That goes for all of eternity. It starts the day you say, hey, I don't want to be the Lord of my life anymore. I need to be saved. Hand Jesus the keys. You're now in the kingdom, right? And so we're second Exodus people. That's why it happened on Exodus, as a people group, we're wheat among weeds, like what he was talking about. Uh, we are amongst the world of the enslaved to sin and death, but we are set free. As Jesus being our king, we are second Exodus people. We are living in the promised land, right? Amen. But it, look around. It's not very promised landy, Right? You know, still we're in the midst of also, we got one foot in the kingdom triumphant. We got one foot in this present world where Jesus is our king. And we're, the reason the sun came up today, why? Is that someone else needs to know that Jesus is the king. And so we're cruising the second exodus people. And we're in exile, right? Because they, they're, they're freed from slavery. They go into exile and then they're in the promised land, and then all heck breaks loose, and Babylon just ravages the, the, the land for 138 years. 
Think of that. When we were entering this COVID time, Don Beard gave us the perspective. Uh, the Israelites did it for 40. We did it for one and we're whining like little babies. Think of the post-Exodus, the, the, the people in exile after being in the promised land and then being sent back out into exile for 138 years. Imagine being in COVID these times for 138 years. Not just 2020, 138 years. How are you guys feeling right now as exilic people? You're feeling great. You're probably one of one. <laughs> I, I, I talked to my, my leadership team and Danny last Tuesday said, you know what? I'm tired on a new level. I've never been this tired. Met with session, pretty much the same thing. Nora Anderson chimed in. Can't we just all take June off? <laughs> right? And so Ezra shows up on the scene. And Ezra doesn't do it alone. He, Ezra and Nehemiah are together. And they're actually like Luke and Acts um, in certain ways. The Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, both written by Luke. Um, and so Ezra shows up on the scene, and this is picking up in chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1, and we're just going to cover seven vo verses this morning. So if you have a Bible, turn it and open with me. Those of you at home, you can pause it and run around the house and find your Bible, and then push play again. Modern technology, you know. And then uh, some of you, you just want to sit and let it wash over you. And Carl Bart is in your camp. Uh, Carl Bart says, much like music, uh, scripture shouldn't be read, it should be heard. Um, so here we go. Ezra chapter 3. When the seventh month came and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Yeshua, son of Josedach, with his fellow priests and Zerubbabel, son of Shiltiel, with his kin, set out to build the altar of the, of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings on it, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples and they offered burnt offerings upon it to the Lord morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths as prescribed and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the accordance ordinance as required for each day. And after that, the regular burnt offerings, the offerings at the new moon and at all the, the sacred festivals of the Lord and the offerings of everyone who made a free will offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to burnt offering, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord 
was not yet laid. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrrhenians to bring cedars, cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the grant that they had from King Cyrus of Persia. This is the word of the Lord. I've titled the sermon, uh, Let's Get Back to It. Let's get back to it. And I, I, I'll show you that's straight in this text. First, that first verse. The King James gets it right. That has a phrase in it that my translation I just read doesn't. doesn't. And it's keis um, echad. Everybody say that with me. Keis echad. You got to be able to... Echad, keis echad. It's towards the end of that first verse, and uh, my translation says they gathered together. Um, but in the text, it actually says they gathered themselves together as one man. As one man. Paul picks this up in Philippians. And you've heard my sermon on it. The Greek phrase for that is mia psuxe, with one soul. As one person. That's my first point. How many people are here? You've heard me give this question before? Yay or nay? How many people are here? One. One. Steve's been around me for a while. <laughs> there were some people starting to count how many people literally are here. But we are a people group. And I fear it, over this exilic time, like we've been in exile, we've forgotten that. Through missing each other, through nonverbal communication things, there's more bickering. I'm getting more complaints. And this text this morning, the first thing it does, it reminds us, you and me, we're as strong as we are. This is a, this is a call to unity. This is a reminder. The person to your right and the person to your left is absolutely essential at getting back to God and getting back to being the people that we've been called to be as second Exodus people. When I was in the elementary school, how many people taught elementary school? How many people were PE teachers in elementary school? Because we got a lot of teachers around here. You're learning that, Kean. Kean's a, a, a visitor. He's from Kansas. Overland Park, I got my favorite cousin. If she listens, I'll text her to listen to this podcast. Anyway, she'll look around for Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, being elementary, there's tons of teachers right here. And uh, I remember my PE teacher. What, what did your PE teacher do when your, 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 the students were acting like brats? Take a lap. That's right. That's exactly, that's what I wrote here on my thing. Me and Amy, are, we went to the same seminar. We have the same MDiv right there. We have the same, yeah. Take a lap. 
I feel like that. And there's been so many conversations where I said, seriously, take a lap. You got to get whoever you're complaining to, to me about. And maybe it'd be healthy after the service, maybe after the congregational meeting, whoever's with me. If you got a problem with anybody, if you got a problem with me, let's take a lap together. Let's just walk around the church. It's that simple. And drop it somewhere along the way. Because we can't go anywhere. What did Jesus say? He said, how are we going to know who's following me? They're going to love each other so much, they're not going to be able to ignore it. So, I don't know. Maybe that's our first application. After this congregational meeting, I'll take a lap. If anybody wants to join me. Well, if you have kids, you might, uh, eh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> that might be breaking some laws. Uh, so just get your kids first. Maybe they'll have to take a lap with us. Anyway, that's too much, too much. Get back. Let's get back. And verses two and three are the get back. They're the remember. You realize they built this new temple on the footprint of Solomon's. They remembered, right? We're about to go back into this sanctuary. We're going to remember all those times that God has met us in this space. But at the same time, we're going to remember a new way that God has met us. We've, he's met us outside these walls. He's, you, he's met us as I've sweat on the top of that heat thing. I don't know what I was doing. I was on the roof and I was sweating my eyes out. I don't know why anybody just say, hey, why don't you get down off the roof? Anyway, uh, he's met us. And we're going to be, we're, it's going to be different. I'll get to that in a second. They met together and they start building this footprint on the footprint of, uh, they start building this temple on the footprint of where Solomon had built the temple. Um, they, they, they get back to it. And what is the it? And this is where it bleeds into the rest of the, this is where my sermon title kind of breaks down because getting back and to it are pretty much one idea of this text. We're getting back and we're remembering, but we're getting back so that we can go forward in worship. That's who we are. That's what defines us. Us putting God on his throne and worshiping makes us us. Amen? And they do it at the Festival of Booths. You've heard me talk about this, right? Sukkot. Which is actually, it was right on the heels of when Solomon first built this temple. Insert my first sermon series when I was hired here. Does anybody remember what I wrote, uh, preached on? Sabbath as resistance. The Festival of Booths was about sensory overload, worshiping God who took care of them in the desert. They would throw a barbecue on. That's what those morning and evening sacrifices smelled like. You ever been to a barbecue? Ever drive down right past In-N-Out 
on Harbor Boulevard, I dare you to drive through there and say, I, I don't even like hamburgers. No, it can't be done. It, it draws people in. It's, it's a sensory overload. They set up tents. And they spent nights in, as families in these tents remembering. What are they remembering? God's the same out here as he is in there. God's still worthy of everything we've got in worship out here, just like he is in there. He takes care of every meal. He takes care of every shelter. He takes care of every one of our wants and needs. And he distinguishes between the two. So insert my first sermon series here. So it's bizarre because they, they kick off and they're back in the building and the first thing they do is, let's stay out of the building, let's set up tents and let's slow down and let's lift up fragrant, beautiful smells to our God. Let's lift our voices in singing. And notice it's also, they're doing this and it casts out all fear. Their neighbors are all kind of, what are they gonna do? What are they going to do after COVID? What are they going to do after this desert time? What are they going to do? Are they going to pull each other apart? Are they going to, are they going to just implode? Are they going to give up and go home? Actually, we've grown over this COVID period. There's more people in worship than we've had going into it. Is that God? Yes or no? I think so too. Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> yes. Um, and then in four and five, they start the rhythm of worship together. And they do all this in setting up uh, permanent guidelines for post-exilic community. And that's the, they do that in verse six. And you see, um, religion has kind of gotten a bad rap. Yes, it's true. We are distinguished from religion by our relationship with Jesus the Christ, right? That's what makes us Christians. God makes us and brings us into his family. Like Steve was, I, I could have sat down before even my sermon. That, that was an awesome children's message. But that was excellent. But he made his brothers and sisters. And that's relationship. But there's also something to be said doing something religiously. What is it when you do something religiously? Every day. Do you have a routine? Tell your neighbor what your routine is on a Monday. Go. Ed, you can talk too. There's people in your car. Lynn, you're married to that guy right next to you. You might want to yell across over to Erlinda. Karen, what's your routine? That's a great routine. Can't go wrong with that. There's a couple routines. I, I just talked to Karen. Her routine, get up, drink coffee. A, insert coffee here. <laughs> and B, read the Bible. That's a, that's a church answer, but that's also an amazing answer. Good job, Karen. 
A plus, you get a free Miata later on. Talk, talk to Steve Atkins. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, he can't get you a Miata. Um, the religion and the relationship, they bleed together. You know, as you, as you set up these patterns that are healthy, like, like uh, David Crowder wrote a book, Praise Habits. As you create praise habits, as you create good habits, religiously doing them actually increases the relational aspect. So religion isn't all bad. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's actually pretty excellent. Because there's tons that I've been pulled through the trenches and through the hardest times simply by having muscle memory doing religiously good things. Amen? And then I read this commentary and I wrote in in the margins, wow, on several levels. That's how I, I write in my, in my margins, like little notes and stuff. But listen to this. This is in verse 7. The hiring of ma- masons and carpenters recalls Joash's repair in 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. And Josiah's. Mike, you awake still? Josiah's. You have a son named Josiah. In 2 Kings 22, 4 and 6. While the processing of supplies is reminiscent of Solomon's arrangement in 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 8 through 11. This is, where it, this is what hit me. The narrative aims to find com- continuity between the new work and the older work. Bridging the historical chasm of destruction and exile and paralleling the efforts of the new community with the regular concern of royal patrons. Could you follow that? Mark is honestly saying, no, I could not, Jason. There are too many big words. And not, there's a lot of big words right there. Bridging the gap. This text is trying to bridge the gap. What does that infer? There's a gap. It's going to be actually painful as we go back in there. Look at the end of the chapter with me. If you still have your Bibles, open it up and read these last couple verses. I'll start in verse 12. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of family, old people, who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard from afar. Do you catch that? The beginning, they're about to build the, the foundation and they're building it on the footprint of the Solomons. And there's old people that remember what it was like to be in there. 
and they were told stories by their parents and their grandparents. And then there's these young people that are saying, this is a totally new slate. I was watching Conan O'Brien the other day, and he was interviewing some, some comedian, and it came back to him, and he says, I, I agree, and the, the comedian uh, was saying how this is going to be, I think, a fruitful time. And Conan said, I think it's going to be a time of renaissance, of the arts. We're going to go back in there and we're going to see stuff that we haven't seen before, thought of things that we're, we're going to do things that we hadn't thought before. But notice, the people of God, this is the only place we can hold that tension. Feel free to weep and say, man, this is terrible because it's nothing like we used to have. It hurts how much it's different. With change, there's loss, and we have to grieve that loss. If we, if we don't let it out, it's going to bottle up, and we're going to be grumpy old people. So let it out. Just scream it out and say, this stinks. And then the new, the new folk rolling in, Ian from, from Kansas coming in and saying, Let's blow this stuff up. Let's do something. Let's invite people that don't know. This. Let's show people a God that isn't like the God that they've heard about. A God that's first word to them is, I absolutely love you. I've been waiting to meet you or talk to you. Applications. Let's. Let us. So after the congregational meeting, I'm going to take a lap. Take a lap with me. Let's get, let's get the air out and stop the bickering, just like my PE teachers used to do. Um, and let's get back to it. And what's the it? Worshiping. Make every effort to gather with one another. Show up to these barbecues. Overload your senses with how good God is in worship. The God who draws us together and puts us in each other's lives. Amen? Uh, now it's part of the service where it's second Exodus people. I invite you to um, participate with monetary means. Um, tithes and offerings. I invite you to in on the adventure. To give a portion of what God has given to you back to the God who gave it to you. So that he can pull all of our stuff together. And move us as kingdom people to where he's already at work. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. I would like to read the words. Uh, of the choral anthem you're, you're about to hear. With the voice of singing, declare ye this, and let it be heard. Alleluia. Utter it even unto the ends, into the ends of the earth. The Lord has delivered his people. Alleluia. Oh, be joyful in God, all ye lands, Oh, sing praises to the honor of his name. Make his praise to be glorious. 
with the voice of singing declare it this and let it be heard alleluia my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and i will heal their land please pray with me holy and merciful god we praise you for this beautiful almost summer day as we worship you outdoors. We stand on the precipice of hope. The days are warming and lengthening. Coronavirus cases seem to be dwindling, at least close to home. And the statewide restrictions will be lifted this coming week. As Pastor Jason said, we'll be in our sanctuary two weeks from today. We have so very much to be grateful for. But alas, Lord, that is not everybody's reality. We continue to pray for India, the safety and health of its citizens, 
their first responders, their need for medical equipment and supplies, and a quickening of vaccine distribution. Lord, keep them safe and provide for each of their needs. As we pray for India, we also pray for the worldwide community where the Delta COVID variant is beginning to spread quickly and fiercely. We pray, Lord, that you would hasten the availability of vaccines around the globe so that lives can be spared and that the earth may feel safe again. But even in that, we realize, Father, that our help and safety only comes from you, O maker of heaven and earth. We stand on your promise that you, Lord, will watch over our comings and goings, both now and forevermore. Calm our nerves and use us to be your presence and power in this world. Lord Jesus, I am at a loss for words. More shootings. More gun violence. More senseless acts of hate-filled aggression. A grandmother and her one-year-old grandson dead in Palm Beach, Florida. Shootings in Austin, Texas early yesterday morning, and then again, again, again early this morning. It feels increasingly like America has gone wild. Our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, who watches over us when we sleep and promises that the sun will not harm us by day or the moon by night. Calm our nerves and use us to be your presence and power in our country, in California, in Costa Mesa and Huntington Beach, and in our homes. Prompt us, O Lord, to be a part of your solution. Where there is hate, show each of us how to sow love. Lord, make us instruments of your peace and love in our lives and in those around us. Do not let bitterness fester or small slights take root. Show us how to forgive and how to love like Jesus would. Father, we pray for students who have graduated or will be graduating soon. Be with them and guide their paths. We pray for teachers and administrators who have been under so much stress and pressure during this pandemic. Be with them. Give them rest and refreshment this summer. We pray ahead of our gathering inside the sanctuary that you would keep us safe and celebrate the joy with us of seeing each other face to face or even mask to mask. Lord, you know what burdens each one of us, and now we lift those prayers to you. Gracious God, we pray for Phyllis Smith, that she would feel your tangible presence with her right now as we pray. Give wisdom to her medical team. We pray for her health and wholeness, for her body, mind, and spirit. Keep her safe in the very palm of your hand. And we pray that same prayer for anyone in our midst that yearns for a healing touch from you today, O Lord. We continue worshiping and praying as you taught your disciples 
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And we're going to, right after the benediction, we're going to roll straight in to a congregational meeting. I guarantee you it's going to be like five minutes. So if you're not a member, just stick around for a second. And then, uh, well, I'm going to do a lap. And we, all those committee meetings, put a, put a pause on it. So you can do a lap and be a part of those committee meetings. There's buildings and grounds in the, in the uh, what's it called? Fireside room. There's a children's ministry over here in the children's wing. And there's mission and outreach right underneath the tent for a brief meeting. Um, but that's all after the congregational meeting, and that's all after uh, we vote right now. And I do a benediction first, right? Okay. Stand up, please, if you can, or if you want to. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Now please sit down real quick. And I, uh, I actually love, this is one of my favorite parts of being a Presbyterian pastor, is... I get to thank all my elders and deacons right now and say thank you for slowing me down and not just bulldozing my way through life. And uh, we're going to slow down and we're going to, I'll hand it over to Marsha. We're going to have two motions and then Kean's going to run around. Raise your hand, buddy. He's a Marine too. Round of applause and say thank you. Thanks for serving, brother. All right, hit it. Um, first of all, if, if you, as a member, if you do not have a ballot, if you could raise your hand or step out of your car, someone will run over and give you one. Um, but I'm here as clerk of session for this first part of the congregational meeting. Um, PCC normally, according to our bylaws, is to have 10 serving elders on the board. However, Bob Rasmussen, communication elder, has moved to Oklahoma and resigned from his position. And Patty Ernest, personnel elder, although she continues to serve on the personnel team, has resigned her elder position, as was planned, and will take a position as elder if we vote her in. All this to say, I mean, excuse me, as deacon, if we vote her in. All this to say is that we now have eight elders serving on session at this time, and session has agreed to bring to you the members of PCC for a vote requesting that we move to leave two elder positions unfilled until the end of 2021. You have been given a piece of paper, and that is motion number one. Pete, the motion, because I'm the moderator of this thing. Move uh, the 
First motion is moved to leave two, uh, leave two elder positions unfilled until the end of 2021 and simply circle yes or no on this thing. Um, these two unfilled positions as communication elder and personnel elder, as I said earlier. However, Steve Atkins has moved over to serve as a communications elder. And this leaves hospitality and personnel elder positions unfilled. So hospitality will come under the leadership of the mission and outreach team with Nora Anderson as the elder moderator. Personnel will come under the leadership of the finance team with Amy Hemsera Sabala as elder moderator. And then to uh, put our second motion forward, we're going to hear from Nora, head of the nominating committee. The nominating committee of Courtney Atkins, Marsha Millar, and myself are presenting two uh, names for the position of deacon. Uh, we are nominating Patty Ernest and Jane Bates. They will be filling the positions of Kathy Rasm Rasmussen and Ella Nixon. Um, they're uh, on your, your ballot that you have. And also, we are looking for some members for the nominating committee to work on um, leadership for next year. And also, if you are being led by God to serve either as a deacon or an elder, uh, please let us know because we are beginning our search for people to serve um, in the uh, beginning in 2022. Thank you. And one, the, motion, the second motion before everybody is to move to elect the following people as deacons, class of 2023, uh, Jane Bates and Patty Ernst. Ernst um, if you've marked those both, r raise your hand and Ken will run around and grab your ballots and, and bring them up. And Ian, well, Ken and Ian, you can only stand up if it rhymes uh, to help. And if you're in a car, and you just wave it as high as you can, and hopefully you'll get seen. I think that's all of them. Or honk your horn. Put your flashes on. That's a better one. Ed, you're just honking. You already got yours in. <laughs> Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yeah. Oh, I was supposed to... A quorum has been declared, and that was like five minutes before everything happened. <laughs> Retroactively. While they're counting, um, I'll just take this opportunity to, um, like Nora was talking about, as we move back into inside, be listening for the Holy Spirit to prompt. Um, that's basically what, I'm, what we're asking you to do. Um, have a conversation with God. Talk with the Holy Spirit and say, hey, um, do you want me to serve in any way, shape, or form? And be open to say, uh, if you hear the Holy Spirit, say, hey, yeah, um, I want you to help out with the slides, PowerPoint slides, when we go back inside. Talk to Steve Atkins, what do you think? Yeah? Yeah. If you want to do buildings, talk to Jeff or go to the Buildings and Grounds Committee in the, in the 
um, fireside room. And do you guys feel like you need to stand? I think let's stand for a second. I'll call us all back together when the vote is in, and then I'll, I'll, I'll lead us in a closing. But why don't you guys just mingle, talk amongst yourself as the old Saturday Night Live sketch. Okay, uh, the vote came back, and you guys can remain standing. Uh, the vote came back, and it's unanimous, all of them. If you're in favor of ending this meeting, join me and sing the doxology. Ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And whoever's with me, I'm going to take a lap and pray for unity and then uh, go to one of the, actually, probably check in with all these committee meetings.